Welcome to the Taiwanese Diaspora Podcast, where we use personal storytelling to connect people of Taiwanese heritage from all around the world. I am Cynthia, and I'm excited to use this podcast platform as a way to explore what it means to be Taiwanese X. This is episode 26. Thanks for sticking with us. Welcome back to another pre-COVID recording about school life. Stay tuned if you want to hear about Chelsea discussing the last year of college, including everything she's learned about writing good essays, how to get through all the assigned readings, about all the hype playing French horn in the school pep band, Green Machine at George Mason University, and what her plans are for after college. 大家好，欢迎收听台湾人网络广播，我是阿秀，用这个平台来跟华侨华裔的台湾人聊他们的生活过程和未来的梦想。这是第二十六集，我跟叶欣一路的时候是肺炎之前，我们是在他大四的寒
during class he would ask like broad questions and then we would have to draw from the readings that he assigned us to talk about certain concepts or like topics in class so the students would teach each other he wouldn't like monitor the dis- the discussion but he would like facilitate it if we were going off track or if what we were saying wasn't accurate so he would like ask a question and then we would all talk about it in class and then he would provide his own personal experience into the class that's the best class i've taken out of all the gov classes i've taken at my school so far it was mainly to teach us how much we actually don't know about like the topic because most gov majors are very in tune with what's going on in the world or whatever but we don't always necessarily understand what goes on in the background of policy discussions other stuff like that he had us do like simulations at the end of the semester where he would give us real-time examples of things that were happening and we were all assigned different roles whether it was in the cabinet or in the senate or in the house and we had to basically simulate what it would be like for us to work under pressure and have to make real-time decisions on what we should do with China, for example. Like, should we honor whatever policy we were trying to push through with them, or should we find a back door and then get what we want from the EU instead of acting whatever way towards China? It was really fun. It was a two-week simulation, so it was like two classes long, six hours, I think. We never had tests or anything in that class because there was so much reading involved, but I think that was the best class I've ever taken, to say the least. All the Gov professors at my school are like adjunct professors because they all work in agencies and stuff like that. I had a professor who worked for the CIA and he talked about all his undercover stuff. Yeah, he told us. They, They all have like little disclaimers that they put up on the screen before they start saying that they're not trying to promote the agency that they work for or like their beliefs in any way it's just like their opinion so they have to be like super unbiased at the end of the semester we got to guess like which way they were leaning towards certain stuff and usually we were wrong it's really cool because a lot of the professors i think crim professors and gov professors the most are adjunct professors and they work nine to five jobs and then after they get off work they come to teach for like three hours until 10 p.m from 7 to 10 And it's just really cool because you get to hear about real life experiences and how what they've encountered in the real world plays into what they teach us on like a weekly basis. But I've also written too many essays to count and I absolutely hate it because I have a whole flash drive of just essays that I've written over the course of four years. I mean, it's nice to see how my writing has progressed. I used to think my writing was really good and then I like read through my papers and I was like, oof. I I learned how to write better essays. That's really good. Yeah. I, like, don't plan out essays because, like, in high school, you're taught to, like, plan out essays and then, Mm -hmm. like, write a draft Mm -hmm. and all that. I usually write my essays, like, a couple hours before they're due. And I, let me tell you, and my professor was like, your essay is amazing. Can I use it as an example for my classes for next year? I was like, I I mean, if you want to, like, go for it. But I personally didn't think it was, like, super good. But my professors this past semester have have told me like feedback wise and grade wise that my essays were good. So I mean, I, I, I'll take the win, but it's like, don't actually do that because it's, it's really bad. Because some people can't do it and they try to do it and then they fail. I'm like it doesn't work for everybody, but like for, for me, it kind of works. So but you say you do all the reading. I do. I do all the readings. How do you make yourself do all the readings? I space it out. 
So like usually the readings that I have are for classes that happen once a week. After that class is over, I usually print out all the readings or I like look for a PDF version online and then I'll just skim through it over the weekend and then before class I'll go back and look over my notes from whatever I've highlighted and refresh my memory for class for specific papers because they give us a list of all the papers and the topics that we have to write about for the semester. So I'll like pick out certain readings and like put them off to the side. So I know that I'm definitely going to use these for my papers. And so I'll like pay specific attention to those readings when I'm doing them to make sure I actually understand what the authors are talking about so I can properly portray what they're trying to say in my papers. That's awesome. So you do plan it out. It's all in your head. I don't plan it out. I really don't. It's all in your head. Okay, I like find my sources, all my, I take like a day to find all of my sources because usually we find them on like Google Scholar or like whatever database we're supposed to find them on. And then I take another day to read through all of the resources that I've saved. And then after like skimming it and reading it, if I don't want it, I just like get rid of it. And then I plan out how many pages does it need to be. And then I figure out how much I need to put in like each paragraph or like subs like subsection it off and then i kind of just type as i go i'll find stuff i'll be like oh this is interesting and then i'll like put a bullet point in my paper i don't like necessarily use it but it's kind of very scatterbrained because like at the end of my paper there's just a bunch of bullet points that i haven't used i'm like this would be good information but i have nowhere to put it so i kind of just like right delete delete yeah i like delete it i don't draft anything out because i just don't have the time for it and i'm too lazy to draft things out unless the professor's like all right i want to draft do by next class then i'll give them like a rough final paper and then i'll like go back in and like add certain things if i like read what other people have like during peer review and see that they have good ideas or whatever and then I'll take their concept and then turn it into my own and then find other resources for that point for my paper. So yeah. That sounds very well planned out yeah. actually. No. That most people take like weeks to plan out papers and I'm like I, <laughs> I if I plan out a paper like that I'm going to forget that I even have a draft of like my final paper. So it's usually like the day of or like but you do a lot of pre-reading, which yeah. Yeah. I would say in college I didn't do, do <laughs> a lot of the readings. <laughs> I mean, the reading, some readings are fine because they're like actually interesting, but we had to read a lot of CRS papers. Congressional Research Service. Yes. The CRS. The, the, those reports. So they're, ba- they're very bland. We talked about the different branches of service. So the Army, the Navy, the Marine Corps, the Air Force. And for those readings, we got them... Well, our professor gave us those readings from the CRS reports, and it was basically like, all right, this is what what they do, their mission, their budget, who's in charge, the names of generals, past generals, the rankings. It's just very like, this is the establishment, and here are the facts about it. And that was like a lot of the CRS reports. They would like define the concept, and then it would give you like background information on the stuff. It's very cool to read because you get to understand how the agency, how the branch of service itself works and like where it gets its money from and how much funding it has and like what the funding goes towards. But it was also very boring to read because it was like 
pages and pages long of just information I would never need to use again. I think this past semester I have retained and remembered more information than in any other semester. You played French horn, right? I did. I stopped in college though. <laughs> Okay. Played in the pep band. For I did. It, we we have the nation's top pep band. We practice for three hours every Tuesday. If you want to join, you you can join. There's specific people in pep band who are on scholarship, so they get paid to play at every game. What? Yeah, they have a scholarship through the pep band, and so they have to play for four years, and then they like travel with the basketball team whenever they go and like compete in other states and stuff. Are they all music majors? No, actually. You would think. A lot of them aren't. So they, they find the time to do it. In order to be on scholarship for Green Machine, you have to audition. So you have to be really good. Usually for like any other basic instrument, like a wind instrument or a brass instrument, it's like if you want to join, you can join. If you're playing percussion or if you want to sing, they have two weeks at the beginning of the year where they run through the whole, I think it was like a three-inch binder of songs that we have on hand and we just run through all of them so basically their audition is like the song like you pick a song if you're new and you sing it or you like play the drums or the guitar whatever and then there's like usually one section where there's like a big solo area and you just go off and do your own thing and if you impress doc Nix, then he'll be like i want you i'll put you on scholarship you just gotta sing for us or like play for us for four years which is really cool because like Basketball games get really hype. We also have this thing called Gold Rush, which is like our homecoming game type thing. So there's like a lot of events and stuff that happen at that basketball game. Green Machine itself is a massive cult. And then like within your section is a different cult. We all play super well together. Very like well-known at school. It's a fun thing to join if you can like play an instrument. Because it's cool and you get to learn all the songs and all the chants and the rituals that go along with it. And like at basketball games, we have this like little whiteboard that shows like what songs we're going to play. At certain spots, there's open measures where we like chant things and they'll tell us what to say like at the bottom. And then when we do it, the crowd gets hype and you know, people start cheering or whatever. We have like cool little jerseys that you personalize. If you buy one, you get like your own name on the back and you get to like pick a number or whatever. Everyone dresses up. We have like face paint, glitter. We have people wear tutus. They wear hats. This one guy in Green Machine has a super cool tuba. He has like this like LED screen on like the bell part because like for pep bands, the tubas that they use wrap around their bodies. So like the bell is like at the top above their head. And he has this little like LED screen and he likes to walk around campus and he has Pac-Man going on on his screen and then it spells out Mason. It'll flash different colors or whatever when he plays certain notes. He's like the most hype out of everybody. He's back in school for like another degree. So he does Green Machine like during oh. his free time. Yeah. And so he like gets everybody hyped up. And then the people who sing and play keyboard also get super hyped because they have amazing vocals. At games, they have to basically scream at the top of their lungs in order to like be heard because the pep band is massive. When I joined, they, there were eight mellophones, which is way too many. And there were... I think 20 trombones, <laughs> at oh least gosh. 15 trumpets. There was a whole 15-person clarinet section. It was wild because it was huge. And we take up like one whole side of the bleachers and it goes all the way to the top. And we have this 
really cool drum set that sits in the middle of the pep band and it like lights up when they play so when the lights go down and all you see is the super cool drum set it's clear and then they have like led lights around like the bass drum and then the cymbals light up as well it's a it's a mess and like a pain to put away at the end of rehearsal because our rehearsals were from 7 to 10 in the arena and so we would have to take everything out get it set up and then at the end you would have to put everything back and then put it into like the little closets that they have reserved for us so the worst part is when we have to put the binders away because the binders are kind of old and the pages kind of fall out because we have this system it's like a circular shelf type thing each section has their own little cubby in the shelf and some people like to take the books home which they're not supposed to do they're either green binders or yellow binders it's a very good system for the amount of people that are in pep band. And we also have to bring the stands up and away. And that stuff just takes too long if there's too many people. Because people will just stand around holding things. And we're like, can you like put it, put it away? And they're like, you know, I'm going to wait for more people to come up. And then we'll put it away. And then it, it's like a fire hazard because there's so many of us. And we're all like trying to leave like walk up the bleachers and people have like fallen down before and like drop their instruments <laughs> during rehearsals we get to watch the basketball people practice in the stands they seem like super small really tiny and then you like walk down to leave you have to like cross the court and you see them and they're massive giants they're like six foot three and you're like wow you look real different when i was up there but fun fact our girls team is better than our guys team but they get less recognition because no one really goes to their games. There's like a requirement where we have to play at at least two women's basketball games. And those are hype because we actually win. Most people go to watch the guys team simply because I guess the guys are better looking. All the alumni go to those and they have mini hot air balloons that float above us and then they drop like coupons for like Chick-fil-A or whatever. <gasps> so yeah, and then they have the cheer team, the dance team or whatever. They have this little cannon thing where it like shoots out free t-shirts and stuff. It's a lot more invested in the guys team. There's a lot of free stuff that's like given out at these games. If you like go and you show your student ID at the door, they give you free stuff. Give you like free t-shirts and beanies and scarves and like foam finger things or whatever. And then you like sit in like the designated student section and then we all do like, we have like rituals and whatever. When the teams are good, it's even better because then you have incentive to go and watch them. Are you ready to graduate? No, absolutely not. I am not ready to accept the responsibilities of being a working individual. Because <laughs> all my friends are going back to school. Oh, this past summer, all of my friends were studying for the MCATs or the PCATs or the GRE. And I told my mom, and I was like, I'm just sitting here at my internship working. I'm like, should I be studying for a test? Like, do, do I need to be studying for a test? My mom's like, I don't know. Do you need to? I was like, my plan for after college is work for a year just to like see what I like and don't like in the government world and then go back to school to pursue a master's in hopefully something that I find interesting and will want to do for the rest of my life. Something more specific? Yes, because I have a pretty specific concentration and major. So it's more narrowed down for me, but I don't know if I want specifically to work in like nonprofit or if I want to work for like a federal agency or like 
do private work or private contracting work or something like that. I don't know. So we'll see. But I really don't want to graduate. As much as I talk about dropping out of school and how much I don't like school, I like it because it gives me time to procrastinate thinking about what I want to do in the future so I don't have to accept what's coming. But it's fine. I'll figure it out. Or at least I'll, I think I'll figure it out. You'll figure it out. Thank you for telling us about college. <laughs> <laughs> My very limited college experience. And that's mm. wonderful, Chelsea. Thank you. No, you're welcome. Yashin, <laughs> 恭喜你大学毕业, Congratulations, Chelsea, on finishing college and very excited for what you're going to do next. And that's it for today. Please send me a message on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at T-W-D-I-A-S-P-O-R-A or shoot me an email. It's hello at TaiwaneseDiaspora.com. And if you or other people you know have stories that they'd like to share on this podcast, please send them my way as well. Some of you have asked about how to support the show. So if you are inclined, go to coffee, ko-fi.com slash T-W-D-I-A-S-P-O-R-A to donate. All right. See you next time.